I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me. Oh, saints will say, I don't feel no ways tired. Oh, yes. He's going to carry us through. Man, I'm telling you, that's been that's my testimony. That's our testimony. <laughs> that he's not only carrying us, but he's been carrying us. He's been carrying us through. Welcome. Welcome to the virtual sanctuary of the Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church, also known as the Well. Again, I'm so glad, I'm so honored that you have tuned in this morning. You have so many options, but we're so glad that God has led you this way because you're at the right place at the right time. God has something in store for you that's going to literally transform transform your life. If you had not already, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag somebody in this so that they can be blessed by the word of God today. Go ahead and share. I'm going to give you a few seconds. Go ahead and share it. Go ahead and tag. Amen. And let somebody know that you're in for a treat and that God is ready to meet you right where you are. Right where you are. Amen. So if you've been with us for some time now, if you've been with us over these past few weeks, we've been in a series entitled This Is Us. We have been intentionally teaching and preaching upon the family, looking at marriage, looking at our singleness, and looking at parenting. I hope and pray. This is week seven right here, probably one of the longest series that I've done all year, one of the best series that I've done all year um, as well. But if you've been with us on time, I hope and pray that this word um, has been a blessing to you, that it's been penetrating your heart. I even pray that you've been convicted like I have. Even though I've been the one teaching and preaching it, I've been convicted as well. And the Lord has been showing me areas in my life, areas that I need to be a better husband, areas that I need to be a better, uh, a better father to my daughters. And so when God shows us things to convict us, it's not to make us feel bad. It's not to make us feel all condemned. But it's just to bring an awareness so that we can be able to go to his word, go to him in prayer, and allow him to be able to give us the wisdom, to be able to give us the strategy that we need to be able to make those areas right. I'm telling you, with God, God is, with God, all things are possible and God can empower you. God can enable you to be a better husband. God can enable you to be a better single. God can enable you to be a better parent. Whatever areas it is that he's showing you and revealing to you, please, ma'am, please, sir, don't beat yourself up about it. Just run to God as your refuge. Put your full weight on him and watch and see how he will carry you through. Watch and see how God will lead God and direct you. So here we are in week seven, week seven, the last, the last, the last installment of this series entitled This Is Us. Go with me to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. Again, I was going to, it's out of habit. I was going to tell you to stand. You can stand. Amen. If you're in your home, I don't mind if you stand. God don't mind if you stand. If you want to stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. Verse three is where I want to call our attention at. We're going to make reference to this verse again later on in the message, but here is where we want to start. Genesis chapter 37, um, starting at verse 3. As always, I thank God for our media team. I thank God for our worship team. Thank God for our office manager, our trustees. They are all of the parts, the parts that make up the whole world experience week in and week out. I know I say this every week, but we've been rolling. Every since March 22nd, we've been rolling and bringing you the best of the whole world experience every week, and I could not do it without these men and women of God who are diligently working behind the scenes to make sure um, that we're having that we have everything in place to do what we need to do 
so in your home, I know you're looking for your scripture. Shouldn't take you that long to get to Genesis, amen. Shouldn't take you that long. But since you're still looking for it, go ahead and give God praise for our media team, our office manager, our trustees, and our worship team. I thank God for them. I tell you, go ahead. We can't hear you, but if you go loud enough, we can be able to hear you as we give God praise for them. Amen. I thank God for them. Genesis chapter 37, amen. Verse 3, and it says this. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. Uh, because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. Verse 4, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him at all. I want to bring some hope this morning and, and, and preach from this message, finding God in fractured families. Finding God in fractured families. Finding God in fractured families. I know this may shock you, this may alarm you when I make this statement, but I believe that it's true. But even in every family, every family, it does not matter how saved you are, it doesn't matter how gifted you all are in your family. In every family, there is some type of fracture. In every family, there is some type of flaw. There is some flaw that is there that makes the whole entire family dysfunctional. I know you don't want to admit it. And, and, and in some cases, I know you want to deem your whole entire family as being dysfunctional. But as you spend time with God and all the Holy Spirit to reveal some things about you, you will come to realize that you are the reason that your family may be dysfunctional. And I want to share with you from the Word of God today to help bring some hope, to help bring some clarity how God can be found even in fractured families, even in families that have flaws, even with families that may be messy, even with families that have issues, God can still be found in the midst of fractured families. Let me pray with you this morning. Father God, we thank you right now for your word. We thank you for the power and the authority of your word. God, I pray that you will open up our eyes. Open up our ears, Father God, so that we can be able to see and hear what it is that you have for us to receive. And as we say every week, Father God, we've already made up in our minds that we are ready to make the necessary adjustments so that we can be able to obey your word. We want to do it immediately. We want to do it right when you ask us to the first time, Father God. We want to obey, oh God, even when we don't know the full instructions. We want to obey even when we don't know how this thing is going to end. But we want to obey immediately, intentionally, deliber deliberately, right at the time that you ask us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. Now, whenever you've heard the story of Joseph, we like to skip to chapter 39. We like to skip um, to chapter 50 where we see him overcome. We see him make it to be the leader over Egypt. We like to get to Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, that what the devil meant for evil, God turned everything around and worked it for his good and worked it for our good. Oh, man, that's good shouting material right now. That's good preaching material right there. I mean, to get us excited and to get us pumped up to know that out of all the tricks the enemy had set before us, that God can be able to take the messy of things, that God can be able to take the craziest, the craziest of things, the baddest of things, and work those things out for our good. Please, man, please, sir, let's be careful, Bible readers, that we just don't jump to Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, and shout off of that, and that we don't go back and look at Genesis chapter 37, and look at the entire life, the ups and downs mm -hmm. of this brother named Joseph. 
Now, again, we, we highlight and we spotlight everything that Joseph has to go through. We see his character. We see his integrity. We see how he's able to navigate through every move, through every step of his way. We never see, we never see in Scripture, we never see where there's a breach in his relationship with God. We never see him have a dialogue with God where he's saying, this is too much. I've had enough. That's it. I, I'm over it. I'm done with it. I'm not fooling with it anymore. But we see Joseph overcome obstacles after obstacle but here's the thing that we have to highlight in this story is that everything that Joseph had to endure was because of his family everything that Joseph had to go through every experience his family initiated his hurt his family initiated his pain his family initiated what they thought would be his downfall. His family initiated chaos and craziness to be a part of his life. What do you do? Well, now all you're trying to do is be the best that God has called you to be. But you have members in your family that's looking for every loophole, looking for every avenue to begin to trip you up. What do you do when you have given nothing but love and care and support to your family? Mm-hmm. And all they do in return is hurt you. Well. How, Pastor Swims, do I navigate life when I come from a fractured family? Pastor, how? Do I move around in life? It's bad enough we've been in this pandemic for the past six months, and I got some family issues on top of it. How do I navigate and make it through this? Here's good news for you to be able to know that no matter where you've come from, no matter what your family may be, no matter what your last name may be, no matter what blood is running in your body as well, it cannot and it will not dictate where you're going. Let me say it again. It does not matter where you come from. It does not matter what lineage that you are a part of. It does not matter what blood is flowing in your veins. It does not matter what your last name or who you were named after, where you come from. Your family line does not dictate where you are going. Please hear me when I say that. Don't never allow yourself to think that because my family is so messed up, oh man, there's a long line of alcoholics that come from my line of family. There is no way that I can be able to make it. Oh man, everybody that I know in my family, they had a girlfriend and a wife on the side or a boyfriend and a husband on the side. I come from a long lineage of all of those things. Never allow that. Never allow that to determine where God can take you in life. God wants you to be able to put your full weight on him so that he can be able to help you to navigate through a dysfunctional family. Though your family may have flaws, though your family may have issues, though your family may be messy, though your family may be dysfunctional, it does not mean that God would use that to determine what he will launch you to in life. In fact, God can take some of the craziest of the family settings and use it as a launching pad for you to be successful in life so that you can be able to look back and say, I am where I am not because of my last name. I am where I am not because of who my mama or my daddy was. I am what I am. I am where I am, not because of the blood that's running warm in my veins. I am where I am because I looked around and I 
I scoped out the scene of my family and I said, I desire different from my life. This will not be the end of my story. This is not what my legacy will be for the next generation. And you decided to put your full weight on God and trusted God and say, God, use this as a launching pad to take me where I've never been before in my life. Because the truth of the matter is this. You cannot control, you and I cannot control every context, but we can control our reaction and our response. Okay. <laughs> Listen, if truth be told, some of you would say, man, 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 if I could do this all over again, I would have had so-and-so as my parents, so-and-so as my grandparents, so-and-so as my godparents. Oh, I would have had some wealthy loved one that would have taken care of all my bills and I could be out in some isolated place now just chilling in the sand and just having a good old time. But guess what? You had no choice in who your parents would be. You had no choice about the setup of your life, of your family origin, your, your the beginning of your life, where it would be. But here it is. God says, if you trust me, no matter how crazy your beginning was, I can turn your, I can turn your ending around. I can turn the middle part around and make this thing work out for your good. But I need you to put your full weight on me and allow me to carry you all the way through where you come from does not dictate where you're going where you come from what your last name is who 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 your grandparents are the line that you come in the blood that's flowing in your veins does not dictate the potential that God has for your life that's good news right there. Somebody said, well, praise the Lord, Pastor. That's good news right there. And that's something that ought to set some of you all free, that when you realize that today could be the day that my life changes forever. Today can be the day that I make the decision that I'm no longer holding on to my past or how I started or where I come from, but I'm trusting God to carry me all the way through to where he wants to take me. Yeah in life. Here it is. Here it is. Here's what we have to realize. And Joseph shows us this through his life and through his story that God is always working, y'all. Oh, right. man. I wish, I wish, I wish I had a church in here to preach this to today. God yeah. is always working. Always. Even in the bad, God is always working. Here's what we have to do. We just have to look for him. God is always working behind the scenes. God is always working on the side of the scene. God is always at work, even in the bad of times, even in the toughest of times. We just have to look for the sovereign hand of God. And when we look for the sovereign hand of God, that helps us and it enables us to be able to go through what we're going through just a little bit better when I can be able to see that God's hand is moving, moving. Yes. in the midst of my life. That's what we see with Joseph, y'all. We we see the sovereign hand that is working. We see the sovereign hand that is moving in the life of Joseph. We see how Joseph puts his full weight on God. We see, I know we don't highlight this in scripture, and we see Joseph as this man, oh my gosh, Joseph is so holy. Joseph is so safe. But I got to believe with my human, I got to believe with my sanctified imagination that though we, though, though we want to put Joseph on that pedestal, I got to believe that when he was in prison, he had some human moments. Right. <laughs> Let's be real this morning. Let's be honest this morning. I gotta believe that while Joseph has been put into prison by his by his own brothers, those that he loved, all he was doing was just sharing what God had showed him. All he was doing was talking what God had showed him. All he was doing was sharing with them the excitement of what God had, what God is about 
to manifest in his life. And the same jokers he shared it with, same ones that threw him in the prison. I got to believe that while Joseph is there, while, while he's just trying to live his best life, while he's just trying to live a life that pleases God, that Joseph probably has some human moments. Why don't they love me? <laughs> Why don't they love me the way that I love them? Why are they constantly on my back? Why are they constantly against me? Don't they realize that we can be able to accomplish more together than we all can right, separately? Right. Got to believe that Joseph had his moments but he didn't allow his moments to have him. And he continued to look for the sovereign hand of God. That was not just moving in his family's life, but the sovereign hand of God that was moving in his life. God is always at work. Even in the bad, we just got to look for him. We just gotta, you, just, you just have to intentionally look for the sovereign hand of God that is always at work in our lives. Here's what we can be able to take from the life of Joseph now to show us, to show us, to show us how we can be able to find God in fractured families. Here it is. Here's the first thing that you need to know is that God works in and through jealousy and envy. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, All he right. does. God works through and God works in jealousy and envy. Pastor, give me Bible on that. I just read it to you earlier in Genesis chapter 37, verse 3 and 4, that very from the right from the beginning, Joseph had dreams. And the Bible says that even his presence was intimidating to his brothers. That even his presence, it says even the thought of Joseph made them nauseous. Oh, they got upset. If you said the name Joseph, if you said the name Joe, if you said the name Jojo, they just could not stand it at all because they recognized and they knew, oh man, not only is the hand of God on our brother, not only is the hand of God on our brother, but he also has the love of our daddy. He has the hand of our father on him as well. The Bible says that Joseph was born to his father Jacob in his old age. You all know the story about this. He's, he's born to his father at his old age. And so because of that, the relationship is significant. His relationship is significant. And the father made it known that he loved him. Parents, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful when you are intentional and you are blatantly showing love, showing more love to one kid than you are the other. Be careful, be careful when you make a difference between your children and they recognize and they can see the fact and they can be able to track, they got receipts to be able to prove that you favor one child more than the other. And it's even sad when you will boldly declare that, yeah, I do like them more than I like you. Be careful. Because what you end up doing, you are splitting your family right from the beginning and you will have siblings that will be in competition for your affection and your love and they will try to buy your love. They will try to take the other sibling out to get them out of the way so they can be able to find their rightful place in your heart and in your life. And because what this does, when you make the difference between the two, when you make the difference between the siblings, now rejection builds up and resentment builds up on the inside. Which makes them vulnerable to the enemy. All somebody has to do, they can be around long enough and be able to sense that rejection. They can be around long enough and be able to spell and be able to smell that resentment and know just what to say and just know what to do to be able to lure them in. Parents, be careful. 
be careful. <laughs> be careful, be careful, be careful when you are making a blatant difference between your children. I know each child has to be parent differently, but your love should be the same. Now, there may be some avenues, there may be some moments where one may need more attention or one may need a certain specific thing at a certain time, but overall, never put your children in a competition with each other for your love, for your affection, and for them to know their place within your life. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph is going through this. He says right there in verse 3 and 4, let me read it to you. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in, old, in his old age. One day, Jacob, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful world robe. But this, this, but his brothers hated him because of their fathers loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. They had nothing good to say to Joseph. And what has Joseph done to them? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Joseph ain't did nothing but be born. Joseph ain't did nothing but allowed himself to be hungry for God. Joseph did nothing but allow and position himself to have a tight enough relationship with God that God could trust him to give dreams and to reveal certain things to him and through him. He did absolutely nothing to deserve the hate, the envy, and the jealousy. He didn't ask Jacob to love him more. He didn't ask Jacob to make him a special coat of many colors. All he did was just live. But God shows us. God works even in the midst of jealousy. God works even in the midst of envy. Because notice this, saints of God, the Bible does not say that Jacob, the, the, the Bible does not say that Joseph began to treat his siblings the way that they treated him. <laughs> Can I share something with you real quick? Can I tell you something real quick that's going to help you out real quick? Let me, let me encourage you this morning by letting you know that it does not matter who is against you. It does not matter what they say, uh, say about, about you. It does not matter how they may conspire against you. All you have to do is continue to hold on to God. All you have to do is continue to walk in character. All you have to do is continue to walk in integrity. Pastor, will it be easy? Absolutely not, because you want to tell some folks something. You want to testify to some folks and make up your own tongue and how you say it. All right. Oh, I know you say it, but you still know how to curse. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. You love the Lord. He heard your cry. He pitted every groan, but you still know how to put a few words together. You still keep another language in your back pocket just in case you need it. He never allowed how they did him to change his mindset and his perspective on how he treated them. That takes God. That takes God. That takes God that I do not come against you when you've done everything to come against me. It takes God to do a work on the inside. It takes the Holy Spirit to well, begin to keep you and to hold you so that you won't treat people the way that they treat you. That's all right. God works through jealousy. God works through envy. How, Pastor? That Joseph never becomes jealous, and he never becomes envy. Notice that where in every in every moment of Joseph's life, when he gets to a certain place, when he's thriving through a certain situation, never see, never do you see where he's lusting to be somewhere else. But he looks for the sovereign hand of God that's moving in this life. 
and he makes adjustments for where he is. <laughs> Some of us, that's what we need to do. I, Pastor, you have no idea about my family members. Pastor, you have no idea who I'm related to. These jokers get on, get on my last nerves, all of my nerves. My nerves is gone now. I ain't got no more nerves because of dealing with them. Pastor, I'm so thankful for the pandemic because I ain't got to see them on Thanksgiving or Christmas. I could be on my own and not have to deal with them or their foolishness or their lies or their jealousy or their envy. Let me just help you out real quick. Let me help you out once again. Let me help y'all once again it takes the holy spirit to work within you so that you won't treat them the way that they treat you pastor you're not making sense how do i find god in my factual family how do i find god in my dysfunctional family how do i see god in my dysfunctional family You see him by allowing him to find you and to do a work in you before he does a work in your family. Joseph does not allow jealousy or envy to overtake his heart, to spit out to them, to give them what he's given him. Not only does God work through jealousy and envy, but look at this, y'all. God also works, works in, and he also works through rejection and betrayal. Look at, look at verse 18, y'all. This is good. This story gets good. I know you done read the story plenty of times. This is nothing new to you, but just have your eyes open to see what the Holy Spirit may want to say to you this time around. Look at verse 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said. Let's kill him. Let's throw him in one of the cisterns. We can, we can tell our father that a wild animal has eaten, the, has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Now listen here, y'all. These jokers are messed up in the head for real. That they see him from a distance. They see him. He's not even all the way up. He's not even six feet away. But they see him from a distance. And now, just from them seeing him from a distance, they have already conspired in their heart. On what we can do to get rid of this brother. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. You have some people in your family that hate you, and some don't even know why they hate you. You have some folks in your family that dislike you. You know, you know, you know. They've never said it with their words. They never put something on Facebook. But when you are around, as soon as you come around, their demeanor change. Their, their, their countenance change. Their conversation change. All of a sudden, when you come around and you have good news that you want to share, and you say, man, you know what? I just got approved for this. I'm about to make this move. But, but have you signed the papers yet? Can you just rejoice with me? And this milestone that I have in my life, and you're talking about the next step. Can I know about the next step? I know it's coming. Can you just celebrate with me in this moment right now? You have some who will not like you and don't even know why. Can I tell you, can I tell you, can I tell you what happens in most families? That they allow, they allow, they allow themselves to get hung up on, they allow themselves to get hung up on some personal insecurities that they have and because they can't find out exactly what it is or where it, or where its roots are, they take it out on somebody else and you just happen to be that person. I've I've realized something. I realized something, and it takes me some time to be able to realize this and to and and to adjust to this and to become comfortable with this. That as a pastor, for some people, I'm not their issue; they're their issue. (laughs) All right. 
So I had to be able, and you and I have to be able to read through the complaints, read through the shade posted on social media, read through all the other garbage and all the other innuendos that they do and all the other stuff that they do. We have to read through and realize, but God, I'm not their issue. They're their issues. They're hung up on their own insecurities and don't even know it. So Joseph here, brothers make the decision from a distance. Let's put a plan together to kill our brother. Let's put a plan together to lie to our father about what happened. And let's put a plan together to sell this brother into slavery so we'll never have to see him again. God not only works through jealousy and envy, but God works through rejection and betrayal. God works through rejection and betrayal. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something this morning? Sometimes God will allow for us to go through some things, and it's not about us at all. All right. All right. <laughs> let me say it again. Let, let, let's, go ahead, let's go ahead and mature real quick. Let's grow up real quick. Let's come up a notch real quick. Sometimes God will allow us to go through hell's hallway and go down Pain Avenue and it has nothing to do with us at all. all right. mm. Joseph is having to go through rejection. Uh -huh. Joseph is having to go through betrayal. And the, and the rejection and the betrayal that Joseph has to endure and grow through is not even about him, but it's about where God is taking him and about how God is going to use him. And in order for God to be able to use him effectively for where he's taking him, because I told you that it doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what your last name is, it does not matter what blood is flowing in your veins, it cannot and it will not dictate where God will take you in life. And what God will do is he will use trial and tribulations. He will use pain and trouble to mature you and to mold you and not even be about you so that when he gets you where you need to be, you can be everything that their context and their setting needs at that time. Joseph had no idea. One day I'm going to be king. Oh, but God was dealing with him and God was helping him that before I get you on the throne to being king, let me help you now learn how to be able to navigate through rejection. Let me help you now how to learn how to navigate through betrayal so that once you get there, you won't be phased by it and you can help somebody else. Sells them into slavery. Doesn't want to have anything to do with them at all. Rejected, get this, not by people he hated, but he's rejected by people that he loved, people that he cared for, people that he would support, people that he would do whatever it is for, but for whatever reason, well, we know the reasons, but they had no, they wanted nothing to do with Joseph, so they rejected him. Let me tell you real quick, I know there's somebody I'm preaching to right now that you have allowed family rejection to cause you to be bitter. You have allowed family rejection.
rejection to cause you to be isolated. But let me tell you here, man, the God, woman of God today, today can be your day of freedom. Today can be your day of emancipation that you set yourself free and say, no longer would I allow what they did to me to cause me to be bitter, to isolate myself from other relationships. I'm going to take what the enemy meant for evil and allow God to turn that thing around and to work it out for my good. I'm not going to allow for rejection to take my life. Nor will I allow rejection. No, nor will I allow rejection to hinder potential relationships. Mm-hmm. God works through rejection. God works in rejection. But God also works in and God also works through betrayal. Yes, right there. It's right there. We know that from this time, we see this long list. We see the sovereign hand of God that is moving in Joseph's life. We see that once they sold him into slavery, we, they, thought, they thought that was it. But Joseph, again, he put his full weight on God. He didn't allow his humanity to take over what God was trying to do in his life. So once he gets there, he's sold into slavery, but he operates in the spirit of excellence in everything that he does and it catches the attention of Potiphar and Potiphar says, I want that guy He needs to be in my house because I've noticed that everything he does gets blessed. I've noticed that God's hand is on his life. I noticed that there was something special about him. I noticed that the favor of God follows him wherever he goes. So he gets there in the house. Y'all know the story. Part of his wife, the Bible says Joseph was good looking. The Bible says he was built. He had been going to Planet Fitness, y'all, masking everything, Lysol, hand sanitizer. He was there working out. He was there, built, nice shape, everything, good looking. So part of his wife whispers, hey, 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 Joseph. Hey, Jojo, hey, Joe. Hey, you, I, saw you, I saw you with your hands lifted in church last week. You was really praising God, Joseph. Yes, you were. There was just something about when you lifted your hands, I felt the presence of God come in the room. She was watching Joseph, and she said, hey. And, you know, you know, she came on, and she was aggressive. She knew what she wanted, and she said, hey, I got an idea. Ain't nobody here. Ain't nobody around. Nobody will ever have to know. We can keep this on the download just between me and you, Joe. How about you and I? get together and have a good time. Joseph realized he didn't think about it. He didn't contemplate. He says, absolutely not. He said, my master has entrusted everything in his house into my care, except for you, because you are his wife. I can never do him like that. Okay, she says, I'm going to wear him down. I'm going to wear him down. I'm going to wear him down. Wear him down. And so she waited again. They're in the house by themselves. She said, Joseph, she grabbed him this time. Listen, she knew what she wanted. She wasn't trying to have another conversation. She grabbed him this time. And she said, hey, come and lay with me. And the Bible says, Joseph yet again held on and put his full weight on God. And he ran out of the house. He left his robe there. And the Bible says she tried to flip this thing around once again. Not only has he been betrayed by his brothers, not only has he been, been rejected by his brothers and sold into slavery now he's been betrayed by his boss's wife and she lies on him. Right. Say, hey, y'all see Joseph out there running? He tried to sleep with me. Now he's thrown into prison for something that he didn't even do. Listen, let me put on my human Joseph hat for a moment. I'm sitting there in prison. 
I'm realizing I'm here for something that I did not do. And I realize that I'm here because of stuff that my family initiated. Mm -hmm. I'm here in prison, not just because of my boss's wife. But I'm here because of the hatred of my brothers. I'm here because of the jealousy and the envy of my brothers. I'm here because of what they did by selling me into slavery. And now I'm here in prison for something that I didn't even do. Joseph is there. I got to believe he's having this conversation with himself and God. So much time, time. I know we see chapters, but there's so many years and time that has gone by before he even gets to that place of leadership. Right. <clears throat> Joseph's there. Trying to put the pieces together. But I got to believe he made a decision. And he said, you know what, God? I can't control how they treat me. I can't control the dysfunctional family that I come from. He said, but I can't control my response and my reaction. Right. He said, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm going to control the controllables. I'm going to control what I'm able to control. Right. And what I'm not able to control, I'm going to put into your hands. That's a word for somebody right there. Yeah. Because I know, I know you got some jacked up family members and you keep going all around the world with them and you're trying to figure out what you need to do. Sometimes you have to make up of your mind and say, they going to do what they do. They're going to behave how they behave. I'm going, to, I'm going to control how I respond. I'm going to control by not being in their presence when they do certain stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to control my reaction. And then I'm going to give them over to you, Lord. I'm going to give them to you. I don't know what to do. If I don't give them to you, God, I'm going to hurt them. So I have to give them to you so that I can be able to control my reaction and my response. So I won't go to jail, praise the Lord. I got I to I gotta do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do what I have to do. Here it is. So Joseph is going through this. Joseph is going through this. God yet still gives him favor while he's there in prison. He begins to interpret dreams. He begins to identify certain things. And now God, God promotes him and allows him to be the leader over Egypt. But here it is, here it is. Not only, not only, not only does God help us and work through jealousy and envy, not only does God work through and, and work in uh, rejection and betrayal, but here's the last thing. This is real good right here. God works in helping us not to retaliate. All right. That's what he does. Oh, we quote the scripture, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, but our actions say something totally different. Because I'm talking to some folks right now. Your, 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 your retaliation is not immediate. Your retaliation is built up. You take time to sit down and to strategize and to analyze what you are going to do, how you are going to do it, so that you're not even present, but when they feel it, they know it came from you. I know, I know, you're real strategic like that. And you know what you know, you will give yourself the time to step back and to get a grand plan. It may not even happen for a year. It may not even happen for two years, but when they get hit, they gonna know that it came from you. God works in helping us 
not to retaliate. The story goes on, the story goes on, the story goes on from chapter 37, from chapter 39, all the way to chapter 45. So much is going, has went on throughout that story. So there's a famine in the land. Joseph has this vision, has this vision of years of plenty and years of less. And so God, 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 Joseph begins to tell them that, hey, we need to store up because in this time that we have plenty, we need to store up because there's going to come a season where there is going to be lack and there will be no grain in the land at all. There will be no food in the land at all. And we got to make sure that we have enough to be able to sustain our people. Famine hits where Joseph is from. Father has no food. Brothers have no food. They don't know what to do. All they know, we ought to go to the big house to be able to get what we need. Uh Look at chapter 45, verse 5. Brothers began to go and to get what they need. And the Bible says that Joseph reveals who he is. He lets them know, hey, it's me. Can you imagine what these jokers' face must have looked like when Joseph revealed himself to them? They thought after all of these years that Joseph was dead. They just knew he was gone. They just knew he was dead. They just knew, as my grandfather would say, was dead and buried by now. But Joseph is here, alive in the flesh. And he looks at them in verse 5. Look at this, y'all. He says, don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me into this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Oh, my God. Swims, read that again. But don't be upset. And don't be angry with yourselves. In other words, don't trip, y'all. I know, I know y'all want to fall out. I know y'all want to cry. I know y'all want to call Maury in and have a big show about our reunion and how everything is right now. No need to call Ayana right now. She can go deal with another family right now. But here, don't be mad. Don't trip. Because what you don't realize is that God's hand was moving in the midst of this and what God was doing. He was he was preparing me for a place that I was going to be that was going to bless you. He said God did all of this. By using you, even in the bad, uh-huh. to get me to being in this place of power so that I could be able to preserve all of our lives. Here it is, y'all. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. This is so good right here. The essence of your character, and I'm going to put it this way. The true essence of your character will be determined by your ability not to retaliate when you have the resources and the power to do so. Let me say it again. The essence of your character will be determined by your ability not to retaliate. When you got the money, the people, and the position to be able to do it. I told y'all, y'all not, y'all not reading your Bible. I told you that Joseph is the leader of Egypt. Joseph now is over Egypt. Egypt is where all the grain is. Egypt is where all the food is. Joseph could have, before he even revealed his identity, when his brothers came, he not only gave them grain, he gave them more than what they asked for. That when they got back home, they were shocked and surprised by what they had. Here's a lesson, y'all. Joseph could have given them stale bread, but right. he gave them fresh bread. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. 
Y'all don't want to talk to me this morning. I said Joseph gave them fresh bread when he could have gave them bad bread. What are you saying, Pastor? You have to begin to allow the Lord to work on your heart so that when you get to the position and you get to the place that you can be able to bless those that have become against you, that you will give to them what is right and not right. what they deserve. Right. <laughs> Woo. Oh, because some of us right now, you could be honest and say, Pastor, if that had been me, I would have gave them jokers nothing. And you wouldn't say jokers either. You would have said something else. I wouldn't gave them jokers nothing at all. They didn't deserve nothing. I've gotten here because of them. But Joseph saw this from a different perspective. Joseph saw God's sovereign hand moving in his life. Joseph realized that God is working, that God is moving, even when I cannot feel him, even when I cannot see him, that God is moving on my behalf, that he is doing something that is bigger than me. And while I'm trying to find God, God finds me in the midst of a fractured family, and he uses my life and turns things around in me so that I can begin to bless my family. Yes. The essence of your character will be determined by your ability not to get them back when you have the power, when you have the resources to be able to do so. And here it is, y'all. It takes God yes. and the Holy Spirit to work on your heart and to massage your heart and to, and to mold your heart and to, and, and, and to caress your heart so that you won't do what you want to do but do what he says to do. Joseph only had to say a word and he told his boys, hey, when that crew comes, don't, don't, don't give them nothing. They could have starved to death. But Joseph saw God. Joseph saw the need in his family. Joseph saw how messed up and how jacked up his family was. And God takes him and molds his life and develops his life so that he could begin to be used by God. Mm -hmm. There's some decisions that you and I have to make when it comes to our family. And here's the thing. I know we get so caught up and some folks may say, oh, Pastor Swims, you ain't preaching Bible. That we get so caught up on restoration. Restoration means to return back to the original form of it. I believe this, that there are some family situations that we don't need to be restored back to. However, I do believe that there is some reconciliation that can take place. Because after I've seen what you've done, my mother told me this all the time, and it rings in my it rings uh, within me all the time now. She said, when people show you who they are the first time, one, uno, you believe them then. You don't have to have an encore.
poor performance to see if they're going to do it again. You believe them the first time when they show you who they are. Now, does that mean that I don't forgive? Does that mean that I don't extend grace? Absolutely not. We forgive. We extend grace. But here it is. We may not be moving towards restoration. We may be moving to reconciliation. And in between it, what I need to do is, because I know how you are, you done had me thrown in prison. <laughs> you tried to kill me. I'm going to have some boundaries in my life. Because now, because of you, have shown me who you really are. I have to limit the access that you have to my life. Here it is. Reconciliation says, I choose to allow you in my life without giving you access to my life. Let me say it again. I choose, I make the decision to allow you in my life with boundaries without giving you access to my life. Do you know how much freedom that is? Do you know how much freedom that is? That no matter the context of your family, one, it doesn't determine where God is, what, where God's going to take me in life, what God's going to do in my life. That God's hand is working and moving through all of this, through every situation. That God sometimes uses pains and troubles and trials and tribulations about something that has nothing to do with me at all, but to, so, but to prepare me to get me ready so that when I'm in the right place at the right time, God can work through me and in me. And that though this relationship may not move immediately to restoration, we can be reconciled. And this may be the best thing for us that we, that we limit. I limit the access that you have to my life. The influence that you have to my life. So, Pastor, what does this have to do? How do, how do, I, how do I apply this? How do I make this make sense in my life? Be open to God finding and transforming you before he changes your family. Be open to the idea of God finding you, yes. transforming you before he even does anything with your family. It's not so much God changed my family, God changed me. God, transform me. God, renew me. God, give me a new heart. God, fix my attitude. God, fix my mouth. God, help me to create some healthy boundaries. God, help me, Father God, to know who to give access to and who not. A decision you have to make right now and to lower your blood pressure and to help Put things in a better perspective. God is always moving. And God is always working. Even in fractured families, God is working. God is moving. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you and your family right now. I know you're at home. If you're around your family, gather your family around the TV, around the um, computer, laptop, app, uh, iPad, phone, whatever it is you're watching this from. 
gather your family around. Because the hands that you're holding right now, get the hands, are the hands of flawed and perfect individuals. That a God has placed you guys together as a family unit. It's not always perfect, and it won't always be perfect. You have ups, you have downs, you have things that you have to work through. But it should always be not God changed them, God changed me. God, deal with my heart if I have jealousy, if I have envy, envy if I have insecurities that I, that, that, that I allow to go against my brother or my sister or whoever my family member is. God, change me. Do you know how powerful when you're able to own up to your actions and your responsibilities and say you're sorry? Do you realize how powerful and the freedom that those words give to someone else? When you can own up and say, I'm sorry for what I've said. I'm sorry for what I've done. Again, it may not lead to restoration. It may be reconciliation. Well, where they now know where to put you at in their life. But we have some type of common ground now. And we're not dodging and avoiding the other. Working together. It's not God changed them. But it's God changed me. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for every family right now, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus, oh God. That you will make them a tighter unit, God. I pray for the marriages right now, God. You said, Lord God, that what you have joined together, let no man separate, God. I pray that they will see their marriage as a primary relationship in their family, that they will do whatever it is that they need to do to preserve that relationship so that it will thrive and not just survive. I pray for the singles, Lord, that you will help them to make full of where they are. That they will find purpose, that you will reveal purpose to them right now, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that children will be able to submit to their parents, and I pray that parents will create a healthy atmosphere, a healthy environment. That they're demonstrating submission to each other as husband and wife and submission to God so that the children will I pray, Lord God, for greater communication to happen, Lord. That they won't be afraid of, 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 of conflict, God. That they can be healthy conflict in talking things out. Not texting, but talking things out. I pray that whatever weapon has been formed against families right now, God. That what the devil meant for evil, what the enemy meant for bad, that you would turn that thing around and work it for their good. 
Let them see your hand moving, Father God. Even in the bad, let them see your sovereign hand moving. Thank you for it right now, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, you may be watching right now and you're not saved. You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Let me invite you. Let me invite you to make the greatest decision of your life to ask Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Today can be your day of new beginning. Today can be your day of a fresh start. Today can be the day that you come to find out who you really are and whose you really are. If you're not saved, I dare you to put in the comment section, section right now. Just say, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I want the Lord Jesus Christ to be the head of my life. Inbox us your information. Someone from our connection team will reach out to you. If you want to be a part of Team Hope World, we would love for you to be a part of our virtual sanctuary, our virtual church family. Inbox us. Put in the comment section. And someone from our team will reach out to you. If you need prayer, our prayer team is ready, 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 ready to pray for you right now. Email all your prayer requests to prayerteam at hopewellmb.org. Prayerteams at hopewellmb.org. They email you. They'll pray for you. They'll follow up with you. They'll believe God on your behalf. Last thing, I want to invite you once again, if you have not done so,